child refugees from Ukraine and giving them Russian passports. You're listening to the news on RTHK. from one. Urdu radio program Hong Kong Ki Sham every Sunday evening after 8 o'clock news here on RTHK Radio 3. Urdu program Hong Kong Ki Sham Haritwar Ki Shab 8 Baskar 5 Minute Par. Geet Sangeet, Shero Nagma, Khabre Or Tapsare, Interviews, Khel Or Khiladi, Mazhab Or Sakafat, Science Ki Dunia, आपकी फरमाइशें और रंगा रंग तफरी वो सब कुछ जो आप सुनना चाहें हांगकांग की शाम हरिद्वार की शाम 8:05 मिनट से रात 9 बजे तक सिर्फ RTHK रेडियो 3 पर Welcome to the first episode of the week on three in the year of the rabbit. Hope you will have another fantastic and prosperous year ahead. It's been a while since I was last on the program. And like always, I'll be bringing you some of my favorites from the past week here on Radio 3. I don't know about you, but I'm a bit superstitious. Coming from a Chinese background, we always hear about feng shui. And it's basically a traditional practice which claims to use energy forces to harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. It is a very big thing in Hong Kong and also other parts of China. And every new year, different feng shui masters will have their own predictions in different aspects, such as work, money, health, relationships, and more. Telling us more about some predictions for the year of the rabbit is feng shui master Raymond Lowe. And I wonder what the new year will be like Hong Kong. Uh, actually, the Chinese calendar so uh, the year with uh, two elements. Uh, it is uh, 2022. The tiger year is water on top of the tiger, and uh, 2023 is uh, water on top of the rabbit. So the elements are actually the same. It's water over wood, water over wood. But the difference is uh, the tiger year is a yang water year. Yang water means the ocean. Uh, which is fierce and uh, impulsive. So that's why we have turbulence. We have war uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, so, uh, and there are also tension between China and uh, USA. Uh, but when we come to the uh, 2023, it is uh, Ying water year. Uh, Ying water is a little drop of water. So therefore, it's much more moderate and much more humble, much more intelligent than the ocean water. So that's why uh, we are into a more moderate kind of uh, atmosphere. Uh, there will be uh, not so much uh, open fighting, uh, but uh, 
uh, the negative thing is uh, in water is uh, cunning, and uh, also uh, intelligence. You can say the negative aspect is uh, plot and conspiracy. So that's why uh, in water uh, rapid year uh, we will have uh, not so much open war, but uh, the the tension turns underground. Uh, good morning, Master. So, is there anything that we can look out for for the coming year? Like, is there anything that we we tend uh, we should prevent from doing? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you can see that actually the uh, Chinese uh, calendar uh, repeat uh, every uh, uh, sixty years. So uh, we can see what happened sixty years ago. Uh, it's nineteen sixty three. So it was uh, after the tension between. Uh, USA and USSR in 1962 over the Cuba missile crisis, and then they sit down to make peace, and then there are peace talks and a uh, 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 a treaty to to reduce the nuclear weapon. So that's why uh, it is uh, also 1963 is also a more peaceful year but compared not, with 1962. But not everything, right? I mean, um, uh, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why we are turning into ying water. Ying water means intelligent, but the opposite uh, thing about intelligence is being cunning and conspiracy. So that is, that's why we have to uh, uh, see more... Uh, assassinations and uh, unrest, political unrest. Uh, because uh, back in 1962, there are, uh, back in 1963, there are a lot of uh, uh, overflowing of government, like the, the Vietnam uh, is happening in South America, coup d'etat, uh, the, the military uh, the people take over the, the government, that kind of thing. So therefore, that kind of unrest will be uh, happening in 2023. Uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, another thing is uh, we are uh, uh, missing the fire element because a uh, fire element is important, uh, which is uh, happiness uh, in the Chinese uh, uh, philosophy about five elements. So therefore, when fire is missing, uh, the, the economy is still uh, not so pessimistic, not so optimistic. Um, now you said uh, you said less fighting in, uh, but I mean we have a war, war still going on in um, in Europe, don't we? I mean, and uh, there doesn't seem that like that yeah, war is it, going it's to. It's more peaceful, but the atmosphere is not yet very uh, joyful and uh, confident uh, because uh, in the five element system. Uh, we need fire to uh, feel happy. Uh, that's why the Chinese always use red color. For example, you celebrate the Chinese New Year with uh, red color lacy, and also uh, all weddings and all celebrations, we use red color. That's why we need fire to feel happy. But this year has no fire at all. It's water over wood. So the, as the fire is missing, uh, the opposite thing is fear. <laughs> because when you when you are missing fire, the water gets strong, and water in the five element meaning is fear. So that's why since uh, 2020, uh, we are into the year of the red, which is a strong water that caused the COVID-19. 
and that since that year we are lacking the fire element. So when we lack the fire element, that means uh, people has less confidence about the economy and the stock market will not perform very well. So this will still happen in 2023. So it's going to be it was, uh, those who are betting on a rebound in stocks, uh, the stock market. Are going to be you think are going to be disappointed this year? Yeah. So uh, normally uh, we have uh, uh, more hope uh, to improve uh, in the spring and summertime because uh, spring and summertime we have stronger fire in the season. But uh, from autumn onward, that is from August onward, uh, I feel the economy will. Uh, Feng Shui Master Raymond Lowe was on back chat with Danny Gittings and Yuki Zhang. Continuing on our theme of the new year, one of my favorite parts about the festival is, of course, the food. You see, different parts of China have their own traditions. For example, in northern provinces, people like to make dumplings as it symbolizes health and prosperity. Meanwhile, in Hong Kong, it's all about the go or traditional cakes, and of course, the different kinds of snacks that come with it. Sharing with us more about some traditional New Year delights and what they ate over the holidays is Karen Ko and Yuki Zhang. So basically. I basically I'll just share whatever I ate over the past days. Um, obviously, go is a big thing for Chinese New Year's because it symbolizes. Um, so it basically means that you level up or something. Oh yeah, yeah. like go as in go is, like yeah, lean, high, go, yeah, lean go, like the cakes and the and the lobako. Yeah, lobako. Yeah. So lobako basically is just radish cake. I'm sure that you you eat it like not just. During Chinese year, mm. you eat it when you eat dim sum, I guess. But then lingo is only limited to Chinese New Year, so it's basically made of sugar, water, and glutinous rice flours. Oh, that's all. Yeah, oh, mm. brown sugar, right? Yeah, brown yeah. sugar. I think my grandma used to make it with sugar cane. Yeah, sugar cane, cane. Yeah, cane sugar. Cane sugar. Cane yeah. sugar. Yeah, and it was really good. And then we'll we'll pan fry it. On I will pan, will pan fry it with egg. That's right. Mm, yeah. I did it this year. So basically, what you do is you cut it into slices, and then you kind of in Chinese you call yama yam di dan. Oh yama yam. What does yama yam mean? It's sort of like you know dip it, dip, dip it, yeah. yeah, dip it in. But in did China, you make your own? <laughs> no, no, you bought it. <laughs> I bought okay. it from a local bakery, and it was delicious. Mm. Oh, you um, liked it? Yeah, I really, really liked it. I've never cooked it before in my life. Ooh. Well, cooked it. And then for other goals, we have um, Wu Tao Go, which is taro cake. That's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got Ma Tai Go, which is water chestnut cake. So basically, I don't like. Water chestnut cake, but then obviously it has a good meaning, meaning that you like everything will be smooth and you will succeed, like ma dou gong seng, something oh, like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just googled it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> that's what I know. And then now we will go to those traditional. Don't say that. Say that's the wisdom that's been passed on from your from great grandma. Yes. <laughs> so inside the candy tray, we'll have guaji, melon seeds, mm. um, some other old. Oh, Type of candies like sweetened winter melon, 
sweetened dried lotus seeds, those kind of stuff. I don't, um, I don't eat it anymore. Do you so like them? So is this what young people? Do? Yeah, because I noticed at, yeah. at, the, at, the, the, at the food stalls, certain things were sold out and certain things were just, you know, just left there. And one thing that was sold out was the gokdai with the filling. What yeah. is that? Um, that's like a. Um, so I think there are two types of gokdai. One type is that inside there you have like peen, peanuts. It's like a deep fried croissant. It looks like yeah. a deep fried croissant, oh, but a yeah. very small yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I maybe know what size, you mean. yeah, yes. maybe about really two tiny. Inches. Yeah. yeah, those are. And then there's another type which is uh, st which which is made of sticky rice, and the inside there's red bean fillings. Mm. That's my favorite mm -hmm. type of gokdai. Hong gok, maybe we call it. Oh, gok. Yeah, but then um, going back to the Chinese tree, I think we don't do it anymore because. You've got too many things to buy, and then mm -hmm. sometimes you tend to buy a lot, but then you couldn't finish it, and then it's too sweet for us. And it's I all guess. left over. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah. I and used I to do that too, and then there are certain things nobody touches. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. all the other trays are empty, the other sections, and yeah. that section is like, nah, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I love Usually the winter melon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah those two. Yeah, the winter melon. Yeah. So, what is the, the the purpose of the winter melon one? What what are the meanings of some of them? Do you know Yuki? Did your no. did your great grandma tell you about them? So I know no. Lindsay yeah. is what they give you. It's like a sweet um, little. Uh, um, it looks it like a macadamia nut, but and it's and it's but it's not a macadamia. Yeah. It's oh gosh, I'm terrible. What is it? It's just Lindsay. It's like it's a lotus. A lotus, lotus seed. seed that's yeah. it. Yeah, and it's covered in sugar. Yeah. Mm. And usually you say that to aunties who've just yeah. married. You say, "Here's a Lindsay," so that you'll give birth, birth to a yeah, son. Yeah. yeah, I used to get that a lot, and I'm like. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I like the one with coconut. Oh, the dry uh, coconut. Yeah, the dry coconut. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's my go-to. But yeah. then yeah. I like the cow's ears. Um, for our yeah. vegans friends out there, it is not actual. <laughs> it's not an actual cow's mm -hmm. ears. It's just like a biscuit. <laughs> that's a circular. Yeah. You've got lots of things. Um, yeah. What? So that one, my, my grandma used to say that if you eat that one, you'll you'll be more obedient. You'll listen to us. Oh right, Yeah. And of course, the white rabbit candy. Yes. Yay. Have you seen the giant ones these this year? No. I saw one that's sort of size of my phone. I won't say which model I have, but it's a it's a it's a, it's a bigger phone, um, and it's it's a massive one. And oh I saw gosh. it on sale in a supermarket. I think it's basically just a larger packing. Oh, yeah, so, so it's not in the actual. Oh, so inside there are a lot the small, of small okay. ones. I think oh, it's just, sorry, oh, I didn't actually buy it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was a massive one that's no. <laughs> size of like a phone that people are like. No, I have yeah. a funny white rabbit story. My mm. so every year when my kids were here, we we used to make dumplings at home, mm. and so we'd make the filling and have all the skins, all the pea, and then I'd show them the first few, and then say, "You guys do the rest, right?" Mm. So three of them. And they started to make a couple of dumplings with prank fillings in mm. them. So they'd put the meat in mm -hmm. and then they would put like a piece of chocolate or a white rabbit <laughs> and wrap it up. And then while we're eating our meal, if you were unlucky enough to get that one, you'd take a bite and go... Oh, this tastes weird. What's going on here? And one year I got the one with a white rabbit because you can't see it yeah. from the outside. It's mm -hmm. like, it just looks normal. And then I take a bite and there's this meat flavor and then this sweet <laughs> kind of milky flavor. I'm like, Bleh! I spat it out. I'm like, what happened? And they were just laughing. That so they did so this cute. a couple of years in a row. And by the third year, we were all like looking at the dumpling going, 
Is that is that a real one or is that the prank one? No, that's so far. I'm gonna do that next year. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. And is it great that they they were making the dumplings? Is it like a little factory going on? Yes, the three of them. We sit at the kitchen counter and just make, and they do all sorts of funny wrappings. Mm. You know, try different things, and then of course yeah. prank us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was Karen Ko and Yuki Zhang sharing their favorite New Year treats and delights with Norin Mir on brunch on Thursday. James Ross invited Australian guitarist Adrian Walter and guest conductor Eduardo Zubar on the brew to talk about Musica Mexicana, an upcoming concert featuring the City Chamber Orchestra Hong Kong. Adrian also played a bit of music for us live at Broadcasting House. But before we hear him play, let's hear more about what we can expect from the concert. And also a bit about the history of Mexican music. Yes, absolutely, and it's actually well. Uh, I spoke with the director of the orchestra, Eliane uh, uh, Nichols, and we talked about the idea of making a program of music for my country. Right, I am from Mexico, and we thought, well, it's a chamber orchestra, first of all, so we we pretty much get rid of all these huge uh, symphonic works and think something appropriate, but. Easy to understand, but that is really distinctive from Mexico and mm. from the, the culture of Mexico. So, how would you summarize the music of Mexico? What is it? Well, actually, a lot of it we can say if we have to put it into one instrument it would be the guitar. Mm -hmm. And and so for that reason we chose a guitar concerto, mm. <laughs> and and we we chose a guitar concerto. And Leanne uh, knew uh, Adrian Walter from before in Hong Kong, yeah, and. Uh, uh, he is so involved in the education uh, and the arts and culture and music education of Hong Kong for so many years that uh, we thought it would be fantastic if he was able to join us and he's here with us. So. Yeah, absolutely. And he's coming especially from uh, Australia, right, Adrian? Yeah. Indeed, James. <laughs> and then another thing very typical of Mexico, the songs, very mm. uh, poetic, very romantic songs. So we have one of the most famous uh, composers for songs and for guitar, which is Manuel M. Ponce. Okay. So we're doing three pieces of, of his and uh, each one of them totally different. Uh, and in a way, all of them based in songs. But here we have a, a very nice uh, twitch uh, about the songs. That two of them have, two of the pieces are from very famous Mexican songs. One of them written by Ponce, another one, which is Estrellita, which most people know. Uh, mm. People probably his most famous work because Jasha Heifetz make, uh, made an arrangement and made it uh, and played it all over the world and they became very famous. And also, the piece that we're playing, um, Balada Mexicana, which is for piano, also based on two different very known songs, uh, love songs from Mexico. Mm. And it's quite unusual to have a program of Mexican music in Hong Kong, right? That is right, which is a privilege <laughs> to, to be taking part of it. Yes. Yeah, and I guess it must be also a little bit of a challenge for the orchestra because they won't be familiar with this kind of uh, music necessarily, right? I Yes, but I mean, this orchestra is, you know, is famous because it's been, it's done from Baroque to tango, contemporary, uh, jazz, cinema, music. I mean, so many types. That is what is very distinct from 
uh, the City Chamber Orchestra of Hong Kong. So it will be just one more <laughs> way of making music. But uh, yeah, there's always a challenge. It's different. But these are real professional musicians. I have a lot of experience, so I have no doubt it would be any problem. And you've got your rehearsal on Saturday, right? You press rehearsal on Saturday. Yes, that's <laughs> good right. stuff. Yes. And the concert next Wednesday. I'm very much looking forward. Absolutely. Now, Adrian, uh, you're obviously a, a guitarist of uh, some repute and previously, of course, the director of the uh, Academy for Performing Arts. It must be great to be coming back to Hong Kong to perform at a concert like this. Absolutely. I mean, it's great just to be coming back to Hong Kong, to tell you the truth, right, you know, right. you, you know we, we couldn't come back earlier because of COVID and all the restrictions. Mm. Australia sort of locked down as soon as we got back, really. Uh, and you come back and you realise what a dynamic place Hong Kong is, the energy, right. the vitality and the, and the culture of life is just phenomenal. You live here. You sort of learn to accept it. You go back to a place like Australia and you realise you don't hear three or four great orchestras every year. You don't hear great dancey, great dance companies, great theatre companies. Yeah, sometimes we don't understand how much actually arts and cultural stuff we do actually have here, right? Absolutely. It's incredibly... I mean, it's a, it, I think it reflects a very deeply cultured and civilised society. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, now, tell us a little bit about your career as a guitarist, and uh, just fill us in because you know you're you're the soloist on this. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, uh, on this, this is quite something, right? Yeah, dear, it's a special treat, and the, and the Ponce Concerto is one that uh, I've always loved, and I've played a lot of Ponce's music over the years, but never the Concerto. Uh, and I think uh, amongst the guitar world, he's considered one of the great guitar, great mm. guitar composers. He understood the instrument uh, so well. Uh, but yeah, my, my life started as a, as a guitarist playing in the usual things, folk bands and pop bands. Uh, right. But then I saw the light. Uh, <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of pop stuff were you playing, playing then? Oh, well, that, those days it was Creedence Clearwater oh, Revival, right. okay. Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, this sort of stuff, you know. But that was it. And then a lot of folk music my mother was a, uh, a great folk musician and uh, mm. was involved in a church folk band so she conscripted me to play guitar and the, the so yeah it was a lot a lot where, of where was this where were you playing this is in adelaide in, in south australia okay. mm -hmm. you know and uh so yeah and then i started doing a lot of performing that was the main thing but i just got very interested in many other things particularly in arts education Mm. I got I, I I did a bachelor of, of music, but then a, an education degree, and I just got really interested in that and started getting involved at the universities teaching, and then uh, and I I had various roles in universities in Australia, always still playing guitar, but then the opportunity came up to move to Hong Kong, mm. and uh, and it, it seemed. Too got an opportunity to to totally, turn down, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, and I still we had a guitar festival at the academy when I was there, so it's still a lot of opportunity to perform. Mm. So I always like that mixture of performing mm. and administration and education, promoting I, the arts. Yeah, I, mean. I like that. I, mm. li I like that very much. Yeah, know, I mean the academy is a great uh, institution. It's really uh, helped to develop uh, some of that side of Hong oh, Kong, isn't absolutely it? Absolutely extraordinary. I mean, when I was there, we set up a school of Chinese opera. Right. And, uh, and when I first came to Hong Kong, I, I wasn't that familiar with Cantonese opera. Uh, and, but after about sort of a year of going to well, Cantonese opera a week, <laughs> you've become very familiar. And sure, you, learn to, you sure. learn to love it. It's an amazing <laughs> art form, you know. So, so always the back of the... I suppose I always see a musical instrument, guitar or whatever. It's just a, 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 a door, a window into music. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what the instrument is, honestly. Yeah. And uh, I just think the guitar is very special because it crosses boundaries. <laughs> Thank you. 
Australian guitarist Adrian Walter, and he will be playing at City Hall with the City Chamber Orchestra of Hong Kong on Wednesday, February 1st. And finally, to end today's week on three, I'll leave you with Steve James, who will be taking us back to the 1970s. Take care and have a great day. I'll see you same time here next week on the Week on Three. I'm Christy Lai. Oh, the factories may be roaring with the boom-a-lack, a zoom-a-lack, a wee, but there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four. Everything stops for tea. Oh, a lawyer in a courtroom, yes. in the middle of an alimony plea, yes, has to stop and help him pour when the clock strikes four. Hey. Everything stops for tea. Tea break this afternoon. This day, 1976, David Bowie released his tenth studio album. It was called Station to Station, and it was the vehicle for his last great character, the Thin White Duke. The album was recorded after he completed shooting The Man Who Fell to Earth, and the cover-up featured a still from the movie. The album made the top five in both the UK and the US charts. Taking you nowhere Look at that sky, life's begun Life's a woman, the days are young There's my faith and lost that soul What's I'm begging you say for little souls Last night they loved you Opening doors and pulling some strings Angel Then walk luck and you looked in time Never the fuck walk tall Baby.